is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel's Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. You know, Jesus wants to be with you in your pain. He wants to. You're not a burden to him. It's not like, oh, I know you got so many other people to tend to, Lord. We treat each other that way. I don't want to be a burden, and I understand it. But listen, when it comes to the Lord, you're never a burden. He's never tired. He has endless energy and ability. He doesn't sleep. You know, maybe you think it's, oh, I know it's after 8 o'clock, Lord, so sorry, I should be in bed. No, he's got a whole nother half of the world that he's dealing with. They're still awake. He doesn't sleep. Did you ever feel alone in your pain? You feel like you're suffering all alone with no hope? The pain is so deep and everything looks dark. Maybe that's you right now. In today's message, Pastor Troy uses Mary and Martha's pain over the death of their brother to encourage us that Jesus wants to be with us in our pain. It's not a burden for him to comfort you. Jesus loves you. He desires to be intimately personal with you, and you're never alone. Let's allow Jesus to shine the light of hope into our hearts. Now here's Pastor Troy in John chapter 11 as he continues his message, Come to the Comforter. It's actually healthy, normal, to go through the grieving process. I tried to not shed tears and stuff like, and like that publicly, and it's hard because you get the lump in your throat. It's there. You try to contain yourself. You fall apart as a strong person in the family. Then they lose it. So you try to show your strength, and you want to do that. But grieving is healthy, and it's normal. I heard a pastor say, let grief do its work. Trump every inch of the sorrowful way. Drink every drop of the bitter cup for those who truly love will say that they have found in sorrow a new joy in Christ, one which only the brokenhearted can know. It brings you closer to the Lord. It causes you to experience his nearness. Now, why does Martha say if you had been here, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died? Well, obviously it was at the forefront of her mind. Maybe her and Mary were just discussing this. But it also shows that she's stuck in her limited understanding. She's not thinking clearly. She's only thinking based upon how she can understand, how she can perceive in her worldly mindset. Because first she says, if you had been here, Even then, she should have known better. Jesus said the word and people were healed. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to be there. So that was one thing she was missing out on that she needs to understand. But also, there's this idea that you were late. If you'd been, you missed it. Now he's dead. You're late. But see, Jesus is going to prove that there's no such thing as late for Jesus. 
He's never late. And there's never such thing as late. Oh, he's really dead now. I don't know if you can resurrect him. Oh, yeah. And he'll come out and he doesn't even stinketh anymore. So he's going to come out. It's kind of a comical scene. We'll see again next week. Try not to jump ahead. Verse 22 makes it sound like that she comes around. You know, she says this. Then it seems like she's, oh, but I know that, uh, you know, you ask, you ask the Father and, and he'll do it. It sounds like she comes around going, oh, but I know that you still can do it. But I don't think that's really what's going on in her heart when she says that. It seems more like she catches herself and then says the spiritual thing. If you would have only been here, but I know if you, if you ask. And here's why I say that. Because Jesus is going to go to the gravesite. He's going to have them roll away the stone and he's going to perform a miracle. He's going to resurrect. But when he goes and he wants the stone removed, she goes, no, no, he stinks by now. She doesn't have hope. She's not in expectation that anything is going to happen. And so she's struggling with what she believes and what she can see, what she's experienced and what she feels. And this is a very real struggle that we can all face at times. And we need to learn to take our mind and our feelings and and put them aside because they don't tell us the truth. It's the Lord who tells us the truth. When he says he can raise, when he can resurrect, when he is in control, then we've got to understand that. We've got to say, okay, Lord, you're in control. Then you must have a good purpose in all of this. But like so many, we all have times where we might struggle. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't reconcile with what I feel and what I see. So we can ask questions like, Lord, where were you when my child died? Where were you? This doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem loving. And we can ask the question, or when my marriage dissolved, and now I'm in this situation, or when my father turned to alcohol, son or daughter walked away from you. Where were you? Why did you let this happen? And we can turn to blaming the Lord for things because we're not in our right mind. One, we've forgotten that people have choices to make. Everything that happens down here, the bad things that happen, they're not God's fault. Could he stop them? Yes. But just like he's going to tell uh, Martha. In fact, let's read that now. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Well, she says, I know. He'll rise. In in the end, the last day, the resurrection. I know, I know how I have heard it. But Jesus responds, he says, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, this is something because Lazarus just died. And he says they will never die. So what is he saying? Her faith is being challenged. What does this mean? She's being challenged by Jesus with truth and it's challenging her and meeting her at her disappointment in life. And she doesn't know how to reconcile. And notice that Jesus doesn't lecture her or give her a sermon. He doesn't chastise her for having such limited faith. He points her to a hope beyond this life that is found in him. It's not found in some process that the father has. In the end, everyone raises. No, it's in him. The resurrection's in me. You don't, it's me. 
It's not at the end of time when everyone's raised. It's in me. And he's going to make this point very clear. So he points her to a hope beyond this life and that there is life beyond this. She said that Lazarus is dead, right? He's dead. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. He is dead. But Jesus is telling her, no, he's not dead because those who believe in me never die. You say he's dead. I say he's not dead. You see his body, but he's not dead. And so he's going to prove it next week when he calls him forth. And we see life. The resurrection of Lazarus is going to prove his point that he is the resurrection and the life. Because remember, we're talking about this intense discipleship program that Jesus has them in. This is very important information for them because this group, including Martha and Mary, but specifically the disciples, they are going to have to be prepared to initiate the spread of the greatest news ever known to man. And they're going to be giving their lives in some cases because of this message. So they need to really believe it. It's why when Thomas doubted so much about the resurrection, Jesus said, this is important. So Thomas, touch, see, look. Don't be unbelieving. We got a mission ahead of us. Be believing. And he presented himself. So that's Jesus and Martha. Look at verse 28. When she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. So she goes back. He's still there. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they came, saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, following her, saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. They don't know where she's going, why she's going there, but they follow her. Verse 32, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, what did she do? She fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Sounds like those two were colluding. They were uh, talking about this. So let's look at Jesus and Mary real briefly. Jesus was not yet in town. He was back at the place where Martha ran out to him and caught up. If you would have only been there. And Mary's approach is a little different. The same sentiment, but in a totally different position. She's not trying to control anything. She just, just help me, Lord, I don't get this. And she's laying at his feet. Notice it says they don't know where she's going, but they go to follow her. Who is this group? Well, some are genuine mourners, but probably there are some professional mourners mixed in there because here's the tradition of the day. You know, in our culture especially, we don't like to be seen just letting out, letting it go, you know, so get the tissue. You okay? Yeah. Really, we want to go somewhere and ball, but here we are. Big lump in the throat. You felt that before, right? So you have the lump in the throat. Well, they did, and they were very expressive. And so they would hire mourners, professional mourners, who would come in and wail with you. So when you started wailing, everyone else around you was wailing so you didn't stand out, you know, like uh, on your own, just wailing like, oh man, look, oh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of made you feel comfortable. You're wailing and ah, it's all going on around you, so you kind of mix it. But not only that, 
they would tend to her and help out, you know, like at a funeral, you're always helping the people and the people who are there supporting. The same thing would happen. And so they're going because she's going away. They don't know where. Maybe she's going to cry at the tomb. So let's go. Let's go just be there for her. And they go up there, but they're going to be ministered to. They don't realize it, but that's what's going to happen. So Jesus calls for her and she comes. Because rather than walking in on her and making it a public spectacle of a conversation, Jesus is personal in his encounters with us. There's much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. So be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope we see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. And he wants to have a personal encounter with Mary, who had to be summoned. She had no strength of herself, but he called for her. You know, Jesus wants to be with you in your pain. He wants to. You're not a burden to him. It's not like, oh, I know you got so many other people to tend to, Lord. We treat each other that way. I don't want to be a burden, and I understand it. But listen, when it comes to the Lord, you're never a burden. He's never tired. He has endless energy and ability. He doesn't sleep. You know, maybe you think it's, oh, I know it's after 8 o'clock, Lord, so sorry, I should be in bed. No, he's got a whole other half of the world that he's dealing with. They're still awake. He doesn't sleep. In fact, when in our resurrected bodies, I don't know how this works. I'm loving sleep more and more as I age. It seems like, you know, heaven should just be a nap or something. <laughs> but it's not because in our resurrected bodies, apparently we don't even need night. So um, there, there's no sleep. That's pretty cool. I always say it would be nice to have the energy of a kid and the wisdom that I finally do have now. But we're going to have glorified wisdom and all that energy. That's heaven. That's, he's on to something. So, Martha and Mary, they both approach the Lord differently, though. They're very different. And neither one is better or worse than the other. And it's in these times like this where you really see the differences and they're highlighted. Martha's a worker. She's a get-it-done kind of a person, always on her feet. She's proactive. She's a problem solver. When Jesus visited and she was busy and Mary was at his feet, Jesus didn't get on to her for being busy. He got, her, got on to her for being distracted and, and worried about so many things. Look, if you're going to serve, serve. No problem with that. But if you're going to complain and worry and, and get on to people, then stop it. Don't have that attitude in it. Offer to the Lord. Serve the Lord. Do what you feel like you should do. Martha's a worker. Mary's a worshiper. Always at Jesus' feet. Mary's a little more reactive, not proactive. 
Martha's proactive. Let's get it done. Let's take care of it. This could happen. Mary's a little more reactive. What? Well, you know, Jesus is here. We got to do certain things. But Jesus is here. You know? So she's a little reactive. When, when they visited, Jesus didn't get on to her. In fact, she said, you know, she's chosen the better part. Intimacy with me, time with me is the better part. You know, you can always serve. You're going to have more guests. And I didn't even ask for all of this. But I'm here. Well, I'm here. It's probably a good idea to spend some time with me. Neither woman more spiritual. Neither personality type more spiritual or better. They're just different. And they both have their weaknesses. Like a Martha. A Martha can get too busy to spend time with the Lord. Too worried and bitter with everybody else who isn't doing something. That's a Martha. She has her weaknesses. She has her strengths. Mary, the same thing is true. She has her weaknesses and she has her strengths. Marys can let their emotions get the best of them in a moment. So they can't even move. And they can't serve the Lord when they should. So we need both. And all of us need a little of both in us. Because as Christians, there are times when we don't feel like going forward. One thing I knew when my dad passed away was, I got to take care of some business. I got to keep going. I'm doing all of this stuff. And not only in that, in that case, I was also running and directing the funeral. So I knew, you know, I got to mourn. I'm mourning, but I got to keep going. I remember when a friend, a very, very close friend died. They were, they were murdered. And... Uh, we went to lunch. I don't know if it was before or after the, the funeral service, but all this was heavy on my heart, that such wickedness and corruption. And I remember thinking about all of this and processing it, and I thought, surely the world should stop right now. But it doesn't. People are still going. There's still jobs. There's still children being born. Life is still going. The world is still turning. It doesn't stop. And we have to learn the same thing. It doesn't stop. Bad things happen. We're in a fallen world. But we don't live. And that's what hope we get. We don't live for this world alone. Look at what Jesus had said to Martha in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus and Martha, Jesus and Mary, but what about Jesus and you? Life's a little difficult. Difficult times come, right? It seems like certain things happen and and the world should just understand. Everything should stop. They should understand. But it doesn't stop. There's still expectations of us at work, though they can be very considerate. It's only for so long and Life keeps going. We all run into those moments where we just feel like, certainly right now, life should just stop. They should understand. But it doesn't. We've got to keep going. Notice Jesus says, whoever, whoever believes in me. This is a statement Jesus makes that goes beyond Mary and Martha and even the group that's there. Not whoever from among you, but whoever in any time, during any culture, in any background... Any generation to come, forever and ever, whoever believes in me. And then he personalizes it for her. Do you? I think he personalizes it for each of us. 
Because that's a question I think we all need to ask of ourselves. Do you believe? Do you really believe? Because if you do believe, Mary, Martha, do you know what this means? It means that death has lost its sting. It means that death is not the end as far as you are concerned. And though we grieve loss, and we will and we should, it's not the same. We don't grieve like those who have no hope. It's different for us. Because see, for us, we begin to understand that death simply opens the door to greater life, to more life. No more than any of us would, well, actually, we do sometimes when a baby's born, we'll go, Oh, you poor baby. You've been born into you know, the world. You know? But normally, we don't wish them back into the womb. You know? We don't go, oh, you don't want to go to that next level of life. Well, as a Christian, the same thing should be true. This world is just but a, a mere womb for that which is eternal. And no one would wish somebody back into the womb in the same way, though we would selfishly do so. When someone goes off to be with the Lord, we should rejoice for them. Not for us, we miss them, but rejoice for them. Have you placed your life in Jesus' hands? Then death should not be a great fear of yours. Now, the process of death, I don't think we any of us look forward to. Like, Lord, just kind of make it easy. In my sleep is probably the best. That's the one we all vote for, right? If I could vote. But after that, Probably no one wants to come back. It's like going on this great vacation. Your spouse or your work calls you. Hey, you got to come back off vacation. What? I'm not. I quit. (laughs) I'm not coming back. Man, I'm on a great vacation here. That's exactly what they would do. Except when Jesus orders. Like, Lord, just bring them back, Lord. If it's me, you know, praying, Lord, bring my dad back. My dad's like, no, I quit. I'm not your dad anymore. I'm in heaven, man. (laughs) I'm not coming back. Now, it's different when Jesus commands. If, if Jesus had said, Lonnie, come forth, like he does for Lazarus, then my dad would come forth. Jesus didn't see it fit to do that. See, if you place your life in Jesus' hands, if you believe in him, you can do what the scripture says. Anything. Nothing will be impossible for you. Because the worst that could happen, death, has no hold on you. It's not your fear factor. It hasn't got you frozen. That's what made the disciples willing to do anything. Oh, you're going to kill me? All right. Oh, in the same fashion my Lord died in? Hallelujah. But let me tell you about why my Lord died. You will make it through those times of doubt. You'll make it through those times of worry, those times of grieving, the times when big trials come your way. You will be fine. You'll get through it because your eyes are on the Lord and you know Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff are those implements of protection. That's going to beat away the wolf or the intruder. See, with that understanding, with that confidence, maybe, maybe you will become just like one of his disciples who was there, unstoppable. Maybe you'll be everything God wants you to be because death has lost its grip. It's lost its sting. It's lost its impact. You're not worried about it. You're not worried about what can be taken because much more will be restored to you. That's good. Do you need that kind of strength? Do you need that kind of comfort? 
then like he did with Mary, maybe Jesus is calling to you right now. He's calling your name to himself. saying, I've got the strength that you need. I am the resurrection and the life. Just trust me. Will you come? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and have you come be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the Gospel of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Christ shine as we grow in